why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. As we go through the dog days of summer, a lot of hot weather around the country and a lot of hot, uh, contentious politics has been heating up at both conventions. We're really honored to have back on our call in the first hour. For as much as she can spare, I, I know it's, uh, she's very busy, but Dr. Laura Chamberlain will be on with us. Uh, she's on the call right now, uh, right directly from the DNC convention in Philly. Very active vote fraud activist and has been very active in the Bernie Sanders campaign nationally, really on top top of and in touch with a lot of the activists around the country uh, as far as the rigging of the vote, the vote issues uh, at the precincts, you know, with real people all across the country uh, to report on the status of, of, of just where things are at uh, with the Sanders campaign and with this whole question mark about how this a campaign was prosecuted at the at the voting booths across the country. Uh, we're pleased to have, for the first time on our call in the second hour, or at the end of this first hour, when Dr. Laura has to leave, Suzanne Maher. She's an anti-geoengineering activist from Ontario, Canada, founder of a great website, ByeByeBlueSky.com, doing just incredible work. She's put up several billboards all across North America, raised a lot of money, and has raised a lot of awareness. Uh, for the cause of blue skies, to retur- a return uh, for blue skies to be back in our lives again. So uh, thank you, Suzanne, for coming on if you're listening this early in the call. Dr. Laura, thank you for coming on. It's been a while since we've had you. 
And all of us on this call, as you know, uh, really were gung-ho for Dr. Paul, uh, especially in his first go-round. And they really treated him uh, really awfully in both both uh, campaigns. There's a lot of shenanigans going on uh, at these various state conventions, especially at the national convention. And uh, we raised the issue of vote fraud in a national a lawsuit, as you probably already know. Uh, but uh, this Bernie Sanders campaign, his ability to draw massive crowds everywhere he went was just it was underreported, just like Ron Paul's crowds were underreported, but he even took it to another level. And for him to basically completely be blitzed out of California the way he did, and it's not just California. You've got to have some more stories about what, what happened. But I was just amazed at how they really seemed to, to completely uh, derail his campaign with lies, with shenanigans, with vote fraud. And uh, tell us what your research shows and what, what has happened in this in this go round, Doctor. Um, thank you, thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm so sorry. My voice is almost gone from being at the DNC <laughs> the last couple of days. Um, so you'll have to bear with me, okay? Uh, the DNC was. Uh, shall I start at the DNC? Shall I start yeah, there and absolutely. work back? Absolutely. We would love to okay. get Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. So um, we uh, were there from Saturday through. We left yesterday. And uh, the yeah, the Democratic Party has rigged the entire DNC so that there's really no chance for the Bernie supporters uh, to really voice their concerns or their, um, their objections to hardly anything. Uh, uh -huh. We... We did. He, he did have a good team at the Democratic Platform Committee, but in every single race and in every single state, um, the Democratic state parties have uh, have made it so that the numbers of Bernie supporters and the numbers of uh, Hillary supporters were completely lopsided in all of the platform committee and the rules committee, um, and not even, not even proportional to what Bernie got and what Hillary got. So officially, they say that Bernie got, you know, uh, close to 45% of the vote, and Hillary got 55% of the vote. That's just roughly, okay? And... Mm -hmm. Uh, the the committees have not even reflected that. So the rules committee um, had 57 Bernie supporters in it, Bernie appointees, and 102 Hillary appointees. So that's not even close, right? Yeah. That's not no. uh, not even close proportionally. The platform committee was a little bit better, but still heavily weighted for the Hillary. So every state Democratic Party has been in here, you know, cooking the books, cooking the books, cooking the books. One or two more uh, Hillary people on every committee, the whole nine yards. And so the Democratic uh, platform committee, they got some things. They got some things in the Democratic platform. Um, but uh, I just have to remind everybody that the Democratic platform and the Republican platform are non-binding documents that uh, just give a flavor of the parties at this time and uh, the, the nominees and the eventual presidents from both parties.
have routinely ignored many aspects of their platform. So it's kind of a it's kind of an exercise of futility to tell you the truth. But um, one of the main things that the Bernie supporters were trying to get into the Democratic platform was no TPP. We I yeah. think we can all agree on that the TPP is really one of the most fascist uh, piece of you know treaties or legislation that has mm-hmm. ever come down in America, and so they were working really hard to get a statement against the TPP in the Democratic platform, and the Hillary supporters would not allow it. They voted it down every single time in every. Um, permutation that they brought up, the Bernie delegates uh, or the Bernie supporters would bring up motion after motion after motion, worded slightly different, and they voted it down and they voted it down and they voted it down, although the even though the majority of Americans, both Republican and Democrat and Independents, are all opposed to the TPP, another huge corporate rigged, you know, trade deal. And um, so that was a really real wake-up call to us that they were just not going to move on this issue, even though Hillary has said that she is opposed to the TPP. We don't believe her for a minute, and yeah. you shouldn't either. <laughs> so um, so that was kind of like uh, our you know introduction to how this thing would go, and it's really gone that way every step of the way. The Rules Committee, we wanted to do away with superdelegates, um, I hope everybody on this call knows what superdelegates are um, in the Democratic Party. They are elected officials and lobbyists that the Democratic Party picks, and they go in and they have one vote along with all the rest of the, all of the delegates that represent thousands and thousands of voters. The, the elected officials go in there and they can sway the choice of the uh, presidential nominee. And in this case, they did. Uh, Hillary did not have enough delegates, elected delegates, to be chosen the nominee nominee mm-hmm. right from the very beginning and so the superdelegates uh you know flipped the vote to Hillary uh and and she's the nominee now so we wanted to throw out superdelegates and we wanted to open the primaries uh because that was one real big source of fraud in this uh past election in many states where when the you say primaries open the primaries what does that mean that means that they would not be um you didn't wouldn't have to be a democrat to vote in the democratic oh. primary you okay. could be an independent you could be oh, wow. many states many states have open primaries but many states do not have open primaries and probably the most famous now is new york New York has closed primaries. You have to be a Democrat to vote in the New York primary. And in this uh, particular primary, you had to be registered as a Democrat by October, October 9th, I do believe, to be able to vote in the Democratic primary six months later. And it was ridiculous. Um, oh the, the campaigns were just getting up underway. And, yeah. uh, and, so you know, many, many. In fact, I read one estimate. There were there were three million possible Bernie supporters that were kept from voting in New York because it was a closed primary. Oh my God! So, wow. Yes. Yeah. 
So we were fighting in the Rules Committee to open all the primaries and to get rid of the superdelegates. And again, uh, you know, motion after motion after motion by the Bernie supporters were voted down by the Hillary. Um, and they did not allow any floor fights on any of these issues in the main, you know, with all of the delegates. They did not allow any floor fights. So the whole thing has been rigged and and uh, orchestrated from the top right from the very beginning and the and it's been rigged and orchestrated from the top right from the very beginning for the last like two years hillary started in 2014 going out to state democratic party operatives and state democratic parties and basically buying them off what one of the big money laundering schemes of this uh, whole election season was that she uh, she donated money to the state democratic parties, and then she asked for them to donate it back to her at, through the Hillary Victory Fund. Wait a so minute! Wait it, a minute! She through yep. what through what vehicle? The Clinton Foundation or what? Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Me? I'm not kidding you. And it was been a big money laundering scheme. It's been outside of the FEC and the uh, state after state, you know, Democratic Party agreed to this. So it, you know, it looked like her foundation gave a lot of money to, and her campaign gave a lot of money to the state Democratic parties. And then they just turned around and gave it right back to the Hillary Victory Fund. And they avoided, um, they avoided some of the limits at the FEC because of this. And so, I know, so right from the very beginning, she started doing this, and it was a way of buying off the state party operatives. And um, and she's been at this since, uh, clearly, 2014, by the records. And so we're, this is, this is how she got in there and, you know, got the allegiance of all these state party operatives and and uh and they had a lot to do with the fraud they had a lot to do with the fraud and um some of the states it appears that it was specific democratic party operatives that were assisting in the fraud and then some of the states it appears that it was more a uh, a general machine hack like um an organized almost organized crime of a bunch of IT guys that went in and hacked the um these the machines. central tabulators these, these, yeah these these yeah. these Oh my God! So, so there was not one set thing that happened in every state. It was uh, she really had a menu. She had a menu of options (laughs) to uh, that allowed her to steal these elections. There was, and I do recommend everybody go to this. There was um, on Monday. Election Justice USA, which is a uh, consortium of lawyers and researchers and um, media uh, and IT uh, people that came primarily from the Bernie campaign, but also just from good government, um, you know, activists. And they are at Election Justice USA. Uh, They have a website and a Facebook page. And they just put out a report. 
Democracy Lost, a report on the fatally flawed 2016 Democratic primaries. And they came in uh, very pretty early in the game, and they were collecting affidavits and testimonials in state after state so that they could get their um, overall view about what really happened in these elections. So it's really, really, really well done. It's well-researched. It's well-documented. And I really recommend everybody to go read it. I'm going to just kind of skim it. And um, we've known some of it. And then other aspects of it, I'm, I'm really just learning now as I'm re- reviewing it too, some of the finer aspects of this. So one of the things that um, everybody needs to know is that the exit polls, um, the media consortium did the exit polls again, and they, all, they at the end of the election day, right before the the election results started getting posted on all of the media outlets, CNN and AP. They um, adjusted their exit polls again. This is famous, just in America. No other country does this, just in America. Do they ad- adjust their exit polls to fit the reported results? But there have been many, many, many uh, uh, Bernie supporters that have been uh, doing screenshots of these exit polls before they started to get adjusted. And so we have a lot of data that compares the exit polls, right, to the, um, you got to work really hard to get this stuff because the um, Edison Research that did the exit polls, they will not release the raw data. They were sued in the past to release the raw data. They will not release the raw data. And there's, wow. I'm going to talk afterwards about the, the lawsuits that are going on. There's one lawsuit in particular aimed right at Edison Research for colluding with the major media outlets um, to hide the fraud, to hide the fraud. And uh, it was, this is a, a lawsuit that was filed in Ohio by Bob Fitrakis. And uh, you may know that name from the, um, the election fraud in 2004 in Ohio. Yeah. He okay. was uh, very, very big in, uh, uh, you know, in the hearings and the investigation into the election fraud in Ohio. And sure. so he has filed the suit. He filed it just about a week ago, and he is aiming directly at Edison Research. And uh, we're hoping that that goes through. We're hoping that he gets the raw data, and we're hoping that um, they will find them uh, in collusion. And I do believe there's a criminal element to this. There's a criminal element to that lawsuit. So... I am not um, exactly sure how they're going to prove criminality, but there is. So that is going to be, that's great. We're waiting, we're hoping that that will go through. He filed it in a federal court, and in the federal court that is the most um, uh, favorable for this kind of lawsuit. So he picked this federal court very, very carefully. And so... Uh, what happened is during in the um, kind of discovery for to, towards filing that lawsuit, he sent Edison Research a letter saying that none of their raw data should be destroyed, 
because they were going to be subject, they were going to be um, defendants in a lawsuit, and they and he was giving them notice to say, you know, to not destroy any files, right? And it's because of that, there was they canceled the exit polls. For the, for the June 7th primaries, for all the June 7th primaries, there were no media consortium exiples. You're kidding me. And that was after I'm not you kidding. sent that letter. After you sent that letter. After you sent that letter. So there's no exit polls for California, one of the big, big fraudulent states. Oh, my states. God. You're kidding me. No, no exit polls for Montana or South Dakota or North Dakota. And no exit polls for Puerto Rico or Washington, D.C. So I'd like you. I'd like to read just the name of the states of uh, where we feel very, very secure, based on the exposes that we do have, that there was very serious fraud. So the discrepancy was always towards uh, Clinton from the exposes. So we have the we have the initial data, and we can figure out. What, how Clinton was doing and Sanders was doing by the initial exit poll data. And then we saw the reported results and we looked at the margin of error of the exit poll and the, the percentage of discrepancy between the exit poll and the re- reported results for Clinton mm-hmm. and Sanders. Okay? And every single flip is towards Clinton. And um, there were, there's 13 states that we consider the most fraudulent. There was fraud in some of the other states, but we're considering these the most fraudulent and the most provable fraudulent because it's above the margin of error of the exit poll. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. So um, Alabama, Georgia, West Virginia, New York, South Carolina, Ohio, Mississippi, Texas, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, Connecticut, and of course, California. California is, is, is was very fraudulent, and how we know that there that it um, there was a, a Clinton flip is that the citizens themselves did exit polls in several of the counties. So the citizens had to pick up the the baton and do their own exit polls, yeah. and California, California, and New York um, were some of the most fraudulent. Arizona was off the map. Arizona was off the map, and it was so off the map that they're not even including them in this because. Um, the exit polls were only done in certain counties, and it wasn't done in the largest county, Maricopa County, which yeah. is where there was just voter purges and voter suppression that was off the map. The um, the difference between the Clinton um, vote and the the Oh, I'm so sorry. In some of the, in the some of the counties in Arizona, the difference between the exit polls that were done and the mm-hmm. Clinton vote is up to thirty three percent. Oh my! So thirty three percent differential in her favor. Right. In her favor. When when it should have been flipped the other way around, where Bernie was ahead thirty three percent. Right. That's exactly right. So we feel very, very comfortable calling fraud in all of those states that I mentioned. And uh, much of it is very well documented. And many of them have lawsuits pending now. 
okay? And I'll go through some of the lawsuits. So the, when we say that they, uh, the discrepancy was greater than the margin of error, that, that means that there could be, it could have been more fraud, okay? Um, it's just that we're only counting above the margin of error so that we can be really, really uh, sure of our numbers. So in Ohio, the flip was somewhere around uh, 10 to 12%. But we're only counting the uh, about 4% that was above the margin of error as the absolute, like, you know, bottom line provable fraud, right? So um, it takes a lot to prove fraud um, in America. It takes a lot to prove fraud in America. It doesn't take so much to prove fraud in other countries. In other countries, if the exit polls are off of the reported uh, election results by two points, by 2%, then yeah. it is um, suspected fraud. If they're off by 4%, it is proven fraud. That's common so knowledge that's, in, in Europe. That's how they deal with it, huh? That's other many other common knowledge. Every other country. The UN, those are UN numbers. So the UN calls, it, calls fraud in country after country, but in America, they don't even look. They don't even look. And um, Jimmy Carter's uh, organization has been asked to come in and monitor uh, the American elections, and they've refused because there are so few, because we basically have over 8,000 separate but unequal elections. Every election jurisdiction has their own procedures, and then every state has their own election laws. So it's almost impossible. You have to consider um, America to be like 50 separate elections. And then, you know, within a state, there's all this, you know, there are state laws in every state, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of interpretation by the election jurisdictions. So there's just no uniformity in American elections. And so Jimmy Carter won't even uh, touch it. Their organization won't even touch it. So... um, so, and I hope everybody knows that I do believe it was Harvard that did a study of all of the Western de- democracies yeah. for, and they looked at transparency, verifiability, um, uniformity, uh, a, you know, uh, openness to allowing voters to vote and to registering voters. Uh, they looked at many, many things. And we ended up 47th out of the Western democracies. For our democracy, wow. <laughs> so we're. I hope everybody on this call doesn't buy that we're off, you know, in foreign adventures trying to bring American democracy to people <laughs> across the world. Because uh, I'm sure they don't want it. <laughs> they don't want it. So, so we're we are doing. We're in active investigation and lawsuits in New York and California. Um, Arizona, I do believe there's still one lawsuit going on. Um, Chicago, we have filed suit. So here oh, in wow, Illinois, good. and I'll talk a little bit about that since I know yep. that very, very well. Okay, and um, there are three national lawsuits about the fraud um, going on, and uh, so there's uh, uh, about eleven lawsuits that have been filed about the election law in several states. 
And so we're just going to have to work our, our way through the, um, you know, the courts. I want to tell you, as a Bernie supporter, I am very, very, very disappointed with Bernie and his campaign for not coming in on uh, many of these states. We warned them. We notified them that the fraud was occurring. Mm-hmm. We uh, documented the fraud. We, you know, contacted them and asked them to come in on many of these states. And mm-hmm. the only state that they did come in and do anything was Kentucky, and that they filed for a recanvas in Kentucky, where basically they take the same paper ballots and they put them through the same hackable machines and lo and behold the results were the same and that's not what we consider a real election challenge a real election challenge is when you get to count the votes Uh, you can in most states not all but in most states there are paper ballots that you can count and there are the toilet paper rolls from the touchscreen machines that you can actually go through and count um, we don't think that the toilet paper rolls are, I call them toilet paper rolls. <laughs> That's yeah, what they yeah. look like. They yeah. look like a big toilet paper roll. And, um, and the machines are very capable of being programmed to display one vote and print print no, no, no. one vote. Print, yeah, print one vote and, and count another. Print one vote and count another. They're very capable of doing that. Um, but at least there are documented votes that are on the toilet paper roll. And um, the voters do have a chance in many, many estates to look at these, you know, look at what it's being printed and see if that is in keeping with what they want to, um, to vote. So although it's really sad not that many voters do that. Uh, I think we're up to, in some states, it really goes state by state, we're up to uh, 20 to 30% of the voters on electronic machines will actually check their printed, you know, paper roll. Um, but, you know, many, many of the voters do not. So, and if anybody wants to find out what type of uh, machines are being used in what state? The place to go and see that information is verifiedvoting.org. Verifiedvoting.org. They have every state and what machines they use in what counties and, you know, whether there's paper ballots and and the whole nine yards. So um, the California... It, 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 it's just a shame that Bernie didn't challenge California. It's just, it's over the top. I can't tell you why not. I cannot tell you. I don't have the insider information why they decided not to challenge California. No, but Lord, Cali- Lord, Lord, take, take, us, take us to some of these, uh, an example of a report at a precinct. You had overwhelming uh, examples, uh, even by citizen-sponsored exit polls of Bernie, 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 Bernie being voted. Yeah. And, uh, and so it looked like a wave of just the majority of being Bernie in from yeah. these local precincts. And then what you're telling yeah. us is that this same precinct that had waves and waves of, of, of people walking out of the polls saying, go Bernie, go Bernie, the numbers show the exact opposite. Yeah, there's... Um some of the exit the citizen-run exit in California show Bernie beating Clinton by 62%. And so 
um, there was a number. There was it was really, really, really quite a hack in California. They really did a lot of different things. They uh, there are thousands of reports of people where their voter registration was just changed. They were Democrat and then they got changed to Republican overnight, and uh, they showed up. Wow! And they. They couldn't vote. Yes. Yeah. So there was voter registration campaign. On the rolls, on the rolls, yep. they couldn't vote. Yep. They weren't listed yep. as a Democrat? They weren't listed as a Democrat. That's exactly right. And the only, so there, the way in California, you had to be a Democrat or a no party preference um, to be able to vote for the Democratic ticket. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there were voter registration switches. There was a, a few. Uh, little uh, kind of isolated voter purges where people showed up and they were just no longer on the rolls at all. There were um, people that, uh, no party preference, that um, had, they send a lot of people vote by mail in California. They want you to vote by mail, okay? (laughs) And even if you don't ask for it, they... Thousands and millions of voters in California got a vote-by-mail ballot. Mm-hmm. And what they did was the no-party preference, so the independents, which are now 45% of the American public, okay, they got a ballot in the mail, a vote-by-mail ballot, that didn't have any presidential um, choice on it at all. And they were to send it in, back in, and get a, what's called a Democratic crossover ballot. And many, many of the, the, uh, <laughs> the no party preference, they didn't even know they were getting a vote by mail ballot. So oh, my they, God. They didn't ask for it, okay? They were yeah. coming too late. They were coming too late. There was no instruction that they had to take that ballot in with them on election day to get the, re, the one that they needed to vote for Bernie, okay, there was yeah. no instruction. Um, there was no, there was, the, uh, Secretary of State Padilla in California is absolutely indictable for collusions with the fraud because his office did not put out any voter information. And they, I can't say none, but they were not utilizing the media to help the voters out at all. Um, he is. Uh, he was uh, officially on the Hillary campaign. So again, wow. we have a Secretary of State that's officially on the Hillary campaign in California, and um, and he was completely, completely down on the job as far as voter information. And the Election Justice USA sued before the election day, um, sued Padilla for his, you know, limited notice to the uh, voters about what was happening here. And so that lawsuit is continuing. So they went into court and they said, this is what's going to happen on Election Day. And now they're going back in the court and saying, why didn't you respond to us? So we're really, really hoping that that one go, continues going because that may, may have a bit of an uh, element of criminality to it as well. And um, so 
So the no party preference people, they're getting these vote by mails, they, and there's, there's no presidential choice. There, there's no information on what they need to do about it. The Bernie campaign was calling California voters like crazy, saying, take that ballot, because it's too, too close to the election day, take that ballot and go in and exchange it for a Democratic crossover ballot, okay? You have to know the secret words in California to get the right ballot. And not just a Democratic ballot, they literally had a Democratic ballot, a Republican ballot, an American Independent Party ballot, a Democratic crossover ballot. They had all these different ballots. First off, they did not request these ballots to be mailed to them. So they're, 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 I mean, already uh, they're responding to something that is illegitimate to begin with. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. And many of them showed up to the election day. They didn't know that they were spring, supposed to bring the bogus, the bogus uh, vote so by mail, you know, ballot. The precinct, the voting booth, and, and they're not even registered. In other words, and uh, they they were a lot of them were registered, no party preference. That's independent, okay. And okay. they but they would show up on election day ready to vote for Bernie because their stupid vote-by-mail ballot didn't have any Bernie on it, you know. And they uh, they didn't know that they were supposed to bring the ballot with them, so some of them had to go home, bring the ballot back, and oh, then they had to relinquish that mail. ballot. Junk mail. They lost it, too. Yeah. They, they, that's exactly right. Some of, them, some of them were on the rolls as receiving a vote-by-mail, and they never got it. There was a lot of different elements to this fraud in California, let me tell you. And it was quite intricate. And wow. so um, those people could only vote provisional, okay? And we all know what happens to provisional ballots, even though people were in, going in and pushing to get as the provisional ballots counted as much as possible, okay? So they uh, poured... The poor no-party preference voters were just attacked left and right. They were, they were, they would walk into the uh, the election day, and if they didn't say the magic words, the uh, Democratic crossover ballot, they were given a provisional. If they didn't bring their vote by mail ballot, they were given a provisional. If they didn't have a vote by mail ballot, but it said that they were a vote by mail ballot, then they were given a provisional. And really, so this was really targeted against the Bernie voters, right? Were the provisionals the voters, ever counted? Were the provisional ballots ever in counted? In some counties, in some counties, in L.A. County, they actually voted, uh, they actually counted about 87% of the provisionals. That's pretty high. Um, here in Chicago, they only counted 30% of the provisionals. So some of the counties, they voted, they counted a lot of the provisionals. Some of the counties, like San Diego, they didn't. And Michael Vu, who was a, is a Republican operative, they are, see, there's, there's some crossover fraud going on in the Democratic primaries, I'm telling you. So Michael Vu in San Diego, he decided not to count many of the provisionals. And he was, um, oh, there was so much going on in San Diego, it wasn't even funny attacking the Bernie vote. And so there's a lawsuit in San Diego County specifically against Michael Vu. And Michael Vu was the um, head of the elections in 2004 in Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga County in Ohio. 
Oh, wow. If everybody remembers that. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. After his staff got indicted and convicted in in Ohio, he moved to San Diego. What a great uh, resume, eh? (laughs) So, um, so... His, that lawsuit is going forward too, and they were the observers in San Diego reported that um, they were whiting out ballots. They were literally whiting out the Bernie vote from the ballots because they weren't on the right ballot. Okay, they didn't. They were on a Democratic ballot and not a Democratic crossover ballot. It's really stupid. It was it was ridiculous in California, and so. There, um, there just was all these avenues of fraud, right? Voter suppression. Then, what? Another thing that happened: they rigged it so that the election day vote, the election day vote was heavy, um, Hillary, so that they could report that she won on election day when millions of ballots were not even counted on election day. They were waiting to be counted. Provisionals and late-arriving vote-by-mails all were not counted on Election Day. And California has a real squiggle in their law. They have a 1% audit on their vote, but only the Election Day vote and not anything after it. So millions, over 50% of the votes in California were not counted on Election Day. Oh, my gosh. That is, that is yeah. incredible. God, it was my. incredible. California is a, is really, if they don't win in California, um, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat my voter registration and move to Iceland. I, I, I'm out of here because it's just, it was ridiculous. There's just so much evidence of the fraud. The uh, burners went in after Election Day. Immediately, they had thousands and thousands of volunteer um, election observers in all 58 counties in California. And they went in afterwards and they observed and they tried to take pictures and they documented. And um, at the same time, there were, there were just hundreds of thousands of reports, calls on election day of, you know, Oh my God, I showed up to the polls and I'm not on the voting, you know, voting rolls. And, oh, my God, I showed up to the polls, and, you know, now I'm a Republican. I used to be a Democrat, you know. And so they had a lot, a lot of documentation, even on Election Day, with thousands of uh, Californians calling into the hotlines. And then they also went in and and they documented up a storm about what's happened since then. Um, There was even a ballot-shredding truck that showed up in front of the San Diego uh, County election jurisdiction uh, while they were doing the counting, and they uh, still don't know. They were stopped from looking to see what ballots were being shredded, so they are going to include that in the... um, in the lawsuit that there's been there's very possibly been shredding going on, so they're looking at the numbers in San Diego very closely to see if in fact all the ballots are even accounted for because there there may have been some shredding of the ballots as well so um so that so there are three lawsuits in California, and 
one against Padilla, one against uh, Michael Vu in San Diego, and one for the total state. And the, uh, it's blocked the certification of the results in the state. So one lawsuit is about all of the fraud in the entire state, and they sought to block the certification. And by all reports, the California um, elections have not been certified yet. No. So the, Demo- wow. the Democratic Convention went on, even though the, de- the uh, California results were not certified. Now, Dr. Lord, take us back to Philly real quick before you wrap it up. Did actually half the audience leave at one yeah. point? Were you yeah, there so when the, that happened? So that was inside. I was outside. That was inside the Democratic National Convention, and okay. they were the Bernie delegates. And to my understanding, it was closer to 400 delegates walked out. And they went straight to the media tent. And they started to say their main point was that they had no confidence that uh, the nominee, nomination was uh, based on free and fair elections and that the process was, um, you know, transparent and unbiased. And so they went and they got a lot of media, and that was great. It was the day of the roll call, which was um, Tuesday night, correct? Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And they got a lot of attention. I think that a lot of the Bernie delegates did leave with them, but they didn't participate in the walkout because they didn't know if their credentials were going to be withheld. So about 400 participated in the walkout, but a lot of the delegates left at that point. And what you can do, you're not, you know, yeah. you're not chained sure. to your seat, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so that they could come in the next day. So it does appear that many, 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 they cleared out, and many, many, many of the delegates did um, at least, uh, you know, appear to participate in the walkout. And um, so tonight, they're also having another protest tonight. The uh, Bernie delegates all are wearing glow-in-the-dark T-shirts that say enough is enough. Because And there was an anti-TPP um, protest as well. They had to be very, very creative, for the Bernie delegates, because they've taken away their seats. They get Hillary supporters in there, and they reserve. They take all the seats. So they're all the buying, Bernie delegates, buying, Hillary supporters are buying seats or exactly. paying people to sit. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They're paying people to sit, and all the people that actually have the credentials to be in there, they're standing in the the aisles, right? And yeah. then they have these sound machines that can um, that can. Uh, counteract their chance. Really? So yes, yes, exactly. So they um, they saw that the sound machines were going up, so they knew that they had to do something very visual tonight. So yep. that's why they they have Dayglow uh, T-shirts. The whole situation at the DNC has just been really freaking managed. You know, like no floor fights, no floor votes on any of the issues, even yeah. even if even if in the committees they got enough votes to carry it to the floor, no, they will they have not allowed that at all. Um, they have uh, you know 
and just really micromanage this thing as, as tight as you possibly can. And even yet the Bernie delegates are, you know, are actually achieving some level of protest, right, which is great. And uh, there was a, when uh, Liam Panetta was up, they had chanting against the wars, which was great. And yeah, then great. Uh, when um, Tim Kaine was up, they uh, had uh, no TPP signs. They were all holding no TPP signs, which is was great. So, uh, so I'm really, really proud of the burners inside. And then outside, I'm really proud of the burners outside. It was thousands and thousands and thousands. I talked to a police uh, officer who said that they were anticipating 750,000 Bernie, Bernie supporters in Philadelphia. And I do not know exactly the numbers of how many people showed up. But mm-hmm. there was basically two places where they were congregating. One was up by City Hall and one was up by FDR Park, which is close to the Wells Fargo Center. Mm-hmm. And there was um they Philly is so hot. It was it was like a hundred and seven sure. heat yeah. index in Philly, you know, the other day. But so there's just been I myself, I was at six marches, in six marches, eight oh rallies, three conventions, wow. three people's conventions, okay. There's just so much going on. And uh, the police are actually pretty cool. They actually are pretty cool with us. And um, they are, you know, I know down down by the fence, which is by the Wells Fargo Convention Center, there there has been a lot of, kind of really heated exchanges, okay? But so far, I haven't seen very many arrests at all. I think there were seven arrests last night because the they pulled down the fence. They had this big, you know, iron fence that yeah, they erected around. Eight by ten blocks. Right, yeah. exactly. So they pulled down the fence. So I think there were seven arrests there. I wasn't there to see that. There has been um, just so many marches and uh, protests all around town, you know, for this person and that, because everybody, all the Democrats are showing up places, right? All the elected officials are showing up to, you know, gatherings around Philadelphia. So there's been a lot of smaller protests, lots of bigger protests. Um, I participated on Saturday at the Rules Committee. There was a really significant protest right outside the door of the Rules Committee. There was about 200 to 300 of us that were chanting to get rid of the superdelegates and open the primaries. And we did that for hours, hours. And um, the police never, they threatened to arrest us, but they never did. And so we were... You know, we were, it was great. We were just sitting there chanting, and they were feeding us live feed from inside the room so we could target our chants to exactly what was being said there. It was really great. We were really, really having fun on that one. And then um, the uh, marches that I that I was in that were really great. There was a March for Clean Energy Revolution. There was a huge uh, no, P- no TPP contingent for that one. And that was really great to see all these people from around the country, you know, uh, really dedicating themselves to fighting the TPP. And then um, there was a march for um, 
there's been several marches for Bernie, and there was a march for the, uh, our lives, and that was based on the economic in, inequality and the austerity that has been enacted in state after state. And that one that Jill Stein was at, and there was a huge rally for Jill Stein. I would estimate that 8,000 uh, burners wow. showed up to the rally for Jill Stein, wow. and maybe more. They had a huge thunderstorm, <laughs> like a really bad thunderstorm, so people had to scatter, and it was kind of hard to estimate it. Um, it's it, Many, many, many of the burners are going to be moving to Jill Stein. So, um, wow. yeah, there may be a very significant vote there. And I have it from the horse's mouth that there will be an election protection strategy in the Green Party to protect Jill Stein's vote. So we're really, really happy about that. And then um, what else can I tell you? There were so many um, creative, uh, you know, rallies and protests. There were the entire FDR park was, uh, was taken by Bernie supporters. They had permits for it. So they had like big jumbotron movie screens that they could show different movies. Right, wow. exactly. And uh, speakers, lots of really cool speakers, Greg Palace, Lee Camp, a lot of speakers on the election fraud issue. And um, just really, really, really a, a happening time. I'm completely exhausted by the whole thing, got barely any sleep whatsoever. And it was really, really, um, even though it was really sad to see Bernie rip and sad to see Bernie fold. I really, um, we really gathered in great numbers and really dedicated ourselves to um, moving forward on many, many of the issues that Bernie brought up. So, yes, I would like to, uh, how about some questions? Can I entertain some questions? Yeah, yeah, we're we're right down to the wire here for just a minute, guys. Anybody out there, a comment or question, because we're uh, going to wind uh, Dr. Laura's segment uh, down at the top of the hour here. Anybody just star six your phone. And then we're going to have to get get to our next guest, Suzanne Maher, in the second hour. So anybody, just star six your phone, a comment or question for Dr. Laura, real quick. This is Jordan. Uh, I love your energy. I absolutely think it's fantastic. Uh, I don't know how you have it, to tell you the truth. I'm wondering um, why uh, we can't have fair elections. I live outside of Washington, D.C. In fact, I live on top of Washington, D.C., in a town called Potomac. We had an election here with a man by the name of David Trone, who clearly won a primary against Jamie Raskin, who's going to take Chris Van Holland's seat. What do you do about the kind of election fraud that, that you saw at the, you know, at the convention and, and locally? What would you plan on doing? What would be the plan? Yes, okay, so really, really important. I have vowed, and I was really talking to, um, I, I, I gave a couple speeches about election fraud in Philly, and I really encourage everyone, do not get behind a candidate who is not going to fight. Have them promise you up front that yeah. they're going to fight. Because candidates can... Well, fight, um, fight for this issue is what you're saying. Yeah, they can, they they can file for recounts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can, well, they can file for recounts where citizens have to prove the fraud before they get to count the ballots. It's just crazy, okay? So they can file for recounts. But you as a citizen, you can go in a form 
election protection groups, and you can go in and observe the audits, right, and observe a lot of the counting uh, process. And yeah. that's what happened here in Illinois. We uh, went in and we observed we have a 5% audit in Illinois. And so Chicago, we went and observed it, and we totally saw them cooking the books. We saw them erasing votes and adding votes and just over-the-top fraud. So we have filed suit as well. And so you as citizens can, can do a lot Form an election protection group in your area and um, go in and tell your, you know, uh, uh, file as a, as a legitimate group, as a citizen election observing group in your county and or your election jurisdiction and go in and learn your processes so that you know that before the election, okay, know what processes, what, you know, you can, you can request a tour of what happens, you know, in the, in the, the election process. And but your candidates, you have to get to your candidates and say, listen, we want you to fight the fraud. So we'll be out there as poll watchers, we'll be out there as election judges, and we'll be out there looking, you know, watching the post-election counting. But if we find something, we need your guarantee that you're going to fight for every vote. And, and I highly recommend that. So um, there are there's a, a website called Election Justice. Um, I'm so sorry, Election Defense Alliance, Election Defense Alliance, and they have um, state groups, uh, election integrity groups in every state. Just go to the regional organizations, and you'll you can you can find a state group. Join you know call them up, join them, and see what they're doing and see what they're working for. I will tell you here in uh, Chicago, we have got big plans. And the number one thing is is that we are going to change that 5% audit process completely in Chicago. And we'll probably have that done by November, which is great. And they almost admitted that, that there was fraud. It was fantastic. We caught them red-handed. And then we are literally going to... Um, try to do away with the Chicago Board of Elections. The Chicago Board of Elections is a, uh, an appointed board, not an elected board, and we are, we're starting the political process to actually do away with them. So there's a lot you can do. The states really set a lot of the laws. There are federal guidelines for elections, for federal elections, but the states set a lot of the specific laws. So you have to know your state laws. Great. Yeah, I think yeah. that we're only going to have time for that one comment or question, guys. Uh, Dr. Laura, thank you so much. Everyone, huh? please pass this podcast along electionjusticeusa.com, Election Defense Alliance. Uh, there is this Democracy Lost report that uh, Dr. Laura mentioned. A lot of research is being done to fight this. Verifiedvoting.org, just some of the links. Dr. Laura, thank you so much. Um, um, Fred, can I put yep. out a call-out? Our yep. Facebook page is Who's Counting? Chicago. 
who's counting, question mark, dash Chicago. And then um, there's another great website, uh, website that has really documented a lot of the election fraud. It's called electionfraud2016.wordpress. And what they have up there is all of the news reports on every single specific county. And, you know, you can really scroll through and really read what happened in your state, in your county, you know. So electionfraud2016.wordpress.com. And, yes, like us on Facebook. Who's counting? Question mark, Chicago. We really appreciate it. Dr. Laura, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Yeah, you've answered a lot of questions. Uh, thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> she could stay on for another hour easily, folks. Uh, yeah, but what great verification. The, the My God. She has uh, the boots on the ground, face-to-face activities that she has uh, rounded up and, and, and can report on and fairly share with us on this call. It's just amazing. Uh, we're moving right on to the second hour. We're kind of late, but Suzanne... Uh, Maher, I, I you know I haven't been able to pronounce the last name, Suzanne. Do you have it right? You know what? It, I always say like the political pundit Bill Maher. Oh, Maher. Okay. Yeah, Maher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't really. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you. All the way from Ontario, Canada. Uh, Suzanne, you know, a lot of us on this call have uh, gradually, you know, gotten into recognizing problem in our skies, even though this call is not a geoengineering call, it's kind of part and parcel to all of our, you know, daily activist, you know, concerns. It's up there. It's in our face. It's everywhere now. It's not just in our vicinity, in our country. It's global. And Dee uh, Farrell, one of our co-founders, along with Steve Harris, Dee uh, has been on this for many, many years. And I, as I told you in my conversation with you earlier this week, it's only been in recent three to four years that I've taken a more direct, serious interest in this. And we've had Michael Murphy on this call several times. And uh, we've had uh, Patrick Roddy on. Alexander uh, Lexi Hunter was on last year when those – and we, a lot of us helped fund their their trips to the Paris uh, Climate Treaty Conference. Yeah, very important conference, yeah. So you're putting up billboards everywhere. I mean, not just a – one or yeah. two, but you you have uh, several to your credit. Yeah, and, you know, it's growing exponentially. Right now we have um, uh, six campaigns, GoFundMes, uh, in Ontario. There's a seventh one we've just um, initiated, and it's pretty, pretty exciting because one of the native tribes here in Ontario um, um, has been speaking with a, an activist friend of mine, and they have a, a great relationship. So they, one of the Mohawk tribes in Ontario wants to get a board up. So I think that's pretty exciting and precedent-setting. Setting. I've got a Go Transit uh, campaign up. That's in four different cities. Um, there's two homemade banners up, one in Kingsville, one in uh, Windsor. And we also have three in uh, the U.S. Sharon Marsh LaPierre, a friend of mine in New Jersey, has one up. And then there's two in Michigan. Um, Ron yeah, I, 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 funded, I helped fund one or two of them in Michigan, and we passed oh, that around. Oh, thank you. That is yeah. so great. Um, well, you know what? They're still waiting for funds, so I encourage everybody okay. that, that, you know, if you're not sure what to do, 
donate a dollar. I always say donate, donating a dollar can save the planet, and it's a, such an easy thing to do. So you can do it anonymously. Um, you know, you can donate to my website, BuyBuyBlueSky.com. Every single penny that is donated to Bye Bye Blue Sky goes to billboards. There's no administrative cost. Everything goes to billboards. So. And it's amazing. A billboard, you can really get a lot of detail, a lot of color, a lot of things can be edited with these software programs to create some pretty compelling uh, content. Absolutely. I work with a, a wonderful uh, lady here in Lake Muskoka, and she does all the boards for Muskoka. She does um, um, a, um, a casino called Casino Rama. She does all their boards. So we work mm-hmm. really well together, and I'm, I've really now I understand the colors, the primary colors, the wording content, um, the images, and I just – I really, I really am getting a feel for what works. And then I see with the hits on my website how people are responding to these images. I just put one up, Fred, and it's going, it's going like gangbusters. It's a little boy, and he's pointing at the sky, and he's looking very concerned and perplexed, and it's saying, who stole our blue skies? And I'm getting thousands and thousands oh. of hits on my website, and I'm sure this is part and parcel because of this little boy who I named Joey. I just think he looks like a Joey. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this is everybody's son. This is everybody's yeah. grandson. And I'm really hoping this message will, will um, you know, spur people on to, to take, up, take up the fight and investigate. So, Suzanne, tell us when you went back to, to turning the corner on taking this seriously, what was, what was a seminal moment for you, for you in your in your uh progression uh you know it's there were a number number of things leading up to real my my awakening um with geoengineering but it really was the catalyst for me connecting all the dots to everything that was going on and i thank a young girl and i've told the story many times so if people um you know have heard me before they'll know this this story but it, it's a, a lovely little girl who was raising awareness online and she was six or seven years old at the time, and she wow. she didn't want to go outside anymore, her and her mother, because the skies were no longer blue, and we were being sprayed. So she had a, a website called Blue Sky Jewelry. So this this my website's also kind of an homage to to Hannah. Yeah. So he, she uh, was raising awareness, and and a portion of her profits were were going to stop this this uh, this genocide. So. I hadn't heard of it at the time, and but I knew of the corruption, the rampant corruption in the world. So this was concerning, and I was having health issues. I lived in Toronto. I had to relocate. So I, I proceeded to go down the rabbit hole, and my life was never the same because after I, I realized what was actually going on, I'm thinking, how can I sit on my hands? How can I not do something to try and create awareness? Because for me... Fred, silence is complicity, and there's far too much silence. And for for me, we are the voice of all the creatures and all the children and the biosphere and the atmosphere, all these things that do not have a voice. And so this is what spurred me on. And uh, it, it, it really has taken me on a, a, a crazy and wonderful journey. So. There's not one politician, there's not one preacher, there's not one corporate leader who will touch this issue? I think they're abject failures, I have to say, and cowards. And uh, there are, 
you know what's funny because in Canada there are a few politicians, but they're all former politicians that have spoken oh, yeah. about this. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of yeah. Paul Hellyer, former Defense Minister of Canada. He has no. come out. And oh yes. Former Premier of BC. He he actually requested through Freedom of Information um, information on geoengineering, which was given to him. A lot of um, crossed out. Uh, sections redacted redacted yeah yes but he did get a document and it was pretty much attesting to the fact that yes there is geoengineering going on there is solar radiation management going on whatever term they want to use so yeah um but yeah they these these people have to step up to the plate because we're not going to have much left and they they cannot sit in silence because we all breathe the same air and we're all being deluged with this stuff daily. So it's it's time to be brave. And there's no, for me, Fred, there's no fear. Because once I started doing this, it's this is truth. And if people don't like it, it's kind of tough at, at this stage. Because th- this is going to be tough love. And this is going to come home to roost for everybody very, very soon. And they're going to realize the gravity when our bees are gone and our birds and our bats and our fish because it's and our ecosystems are unraveling our trees are dying this is all very apparent and looking up we see we're losing our blue skies we're losing our birthright we're losing our sun um, global dimming over 22 percent so there are catastrophic ramifications to a program that the government says is not in place when it is patently clear this has been going on since the late 1990s so Anybody that is over 30 should have no excuse um, to to not understand and and uh, and get into the fight with us. Suzanne, uh, could you comment on the on the video that was released a, a few weeks ago uh, about that CIA director uh, who, who explicitly at a CFR conference uh, acknowledged uh, the existence of, of geoengineering? Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty pathetic because again, how for how long had they been calling us tinfoil hats, Fred? Yeah. Um, yep. So this is a fellow again coming out and saying, yes, we're thinking about doing it, and it is relatively cheap. It's ten billion dollars a year, and I think what is so reckless and irresponsible is n- they're not even touching um, the, the, the health impacts of geoengineering and solar radiation management. These are nanometals, they're molds, they're fungi, they're nanoparticulates, carbon-based that they're spraying on us that we're ingesting in less than a minute. So this guy is, you know, is, is you know, CIA, Council on Foreign Relations. We know these are think tanks that work for uh, central banksters. So it's all just one interlocking, cross-pollinated cabal, and uh, they are they are shameful, absolutely shameful. Suzanne, uh, uh, these nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. Uh, of alumina and other other trace metals that they're spraying, uh, we are breathing them. We're being exposed to them. We don't even, I mean, uh, it, it could be in, you know, some of the some of the waters that actually enter the ground and they get recycled in well water or whatever. But the rise in Alzheimer's globally it just you know has has taken off in the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Is do you see a correlation between Alzheimer's? And uh, and you know a lot of these strange illnesses that people have the, the upper respiratory asthmatic conditions of younger kids and kids respiratory failure Patrick Roddy's paper 
and and all of his uh you know it's the number four cause of death now respiratory failure which wasn't even on the top in the top thirty twenty thirty years ago now it's number four yeah it, it's it's very disconcerting, and this stuff is penetrating our blood-brain barrier, which is supposed to protect us uh, in less than a minute. And so what happens is, I mean, this nanotechnology is making GMOs look like candy land. And th- what it is is like the nano is an agrobacteria and a nano combination. So these nanos cluster together, and they aggregate to create a program. And they don't break down, Fred. They relocate. They reassemble, and they self-repair. So we're looking at barium. So barium is an immune suppressant and strips the body of selenium. We're looking right. at aluminum, which is a definite neurotoxin and strips the body of boron. So we're also being sprayed with nanosilver, titanium dioxide. Titanium dioxide causes testicular cancer. The smart particles are spraying, make you brain dead. And so these, these particles override our cellular matrix. And they're very, very small. They're one micron or less. So if anybody gets a microscope, you can see all these things. And we all really need to flush this out because we are seriously fighting for our lives. This is not hyperbole. Um, I recommend um, iodine, MSM, sulfur, phosphorus, um, garlic, onion, all these types of things. And I encourage people actually to go on my website because I work, I collaborate with a nano researcher. He's a very good friend of mine. And he sends me a lot of stuff, and I send him pictures that I, I take. And uh, it, basically what you're looking at from my website is the, the uh, nanoparticulates in your food and in um, your beverages, and it's horrifying. And so these, these right now are getting... Wait a minute. Nanoparticulates in our food as a result of growing the food or as a result of spraying things on the food, or how does that... Well, actually, the glycosates are, are also chipped. So it's, it's, our food is no longer fortified. What you could call them pretty much is Frankenstein genetics. So it's no longer fortified. It is stripped. It is destroyed. It is mutated. And the GMOs and the glycosates have really destroyed our food supply. So you couple that with the chemtrails and the nanotech, and this is a whole new paradigm. They also push grains on us and sugars on us and carbons. This is carbon-based food. This AI, this nanotechnology, which is an artificial intelligent program, it feeds mm-hmm. off carbon and sugar. So that's why they're always pushing the breads on us, the rice. And this, this is very, very dangerous. Um, so I recommend for people to eat a lot of root vegetables. They're closer, deeper in the ground, and to skin all your fruits. Because after you see the pictures of uh, what Tony has, has taken and sent me, um, this, this, is, this is horrifying. And these are fullerenes, they are worms, they are origamis, which are circuit boards, uh, they're fibers, um, hexagon-shaped crystals, quantum dots, which are metals. And so, again, these, these um, are, are encased in a tube. And so they carry the payload inside them. And so when they open up, they start to self-assemble and self-replicate. And they are. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you are you talking about a concerted attempt to program us? Is that kind of the implication here? Yes, and I encourage people to research someone called Ray Kurzweil, who who pushes the singularity. This, at the end of the day. Although chemtrails modify our weather, they geophysically restructure the planet, they surveil us through C4, through artificial cloud cover, um, the end of the day is artificial intelligence. It's a man melding with machine. 
It is, it is um, a breaking down and a mutation of the biosphere as well as humans. So this is why this issue for me after I found out and began learning more and more, it's absolutely horrendous. Um, it goes. It goes so beyond the, the, the weather modification. This is this is like uh, MLK Ultra on on steroids, <laughs> or far this, far worse. This is a really bad. This is a really really bad science fiction movie, and it's Orwell coming to light. It it, it really is, and people really need to do the research. And <clears throat> if they go on my website, I have actually a really good complement of everything. I've got a lot of information on chemtrails. I have the patents. Um, I have um, a lot of uh, information on uh, gang stalking and, you know, technotronic warfare, harp information, lots of videos. And then I also have a lot of information on the nanotech, what is coming out of us, and the solutions that can people you know, can implement to get this stuff out of them because there are solutions to do that. And also Holy the GoFundMes. It's really important for us to continue to spread this message because this will empower us. This will grow our numbers. This will awaken people. And I feel, Fred, the more billboards, this will blow this wide open. And pe- these, these, the people that are denying it at this stage, to me, look absolutely ridiculous. Um, because if the CIA is coming out and saying, well, we're now we're thinking about geoengineering, mm-hmm. you know what? You guys have been doing it for so long. And rest assured, if you're talking about it, these programs have been in place for a very, very long time, done under uh, covert operations. So, Suzanne, has anyone ever uh, gotten footage from inside a plane as, I don't even know if it's physically possible, but seen... I know there have been a lot of a, a lot of footage of of uh, the spraying taking place from the distance on a telephoto lens and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and even occasionally a pilot will be overhead or below another plane that is spraying. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm saying, you know, just a, a simple challenge to say, look, I was in this plane. Uh, I've got close-up footage. I can see the back end of the engine, and it's going on, going off, and here it's visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen that vantage point from the inside out of these uh, trails. Well, it would be great, wouldn't it? But, you know, from what I've seen, a lot of the pictures from inside the planes are blast testing. So, to be honest, Fred, I'm not sure, um, you know, if these photos are are real, if they're doctored. I mean, you know, some some have come out saying, you know, that they have two two fellows, um, you know, right at the back of the plane, and it looks like there's chemtrails. Uh, spraying directly behind them. It's really hard to know to to validate these pictures. Yeah. Um, we we certainly can validate outside of the planes, and you see them with their transponders off. And if if anybody's using you know flight radar, uh, yeah. Flight radar 24, you can you can, you know, certainly see them. But inside, it's a lot trickier. It really is. Yeah. Um, perhaps it's, it's, you know, they're saying that the people loading these chemicals on are the, the people that are emptying, you know, the urine and the feces. So it's, it's, really, it's really tough to know how these chemicals are put on, and, and uh, yeah. it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. The only one that I'm aware of is that lady who worked for the military who was on some of those YouTube videos that was being passed around five, six years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen and, Megan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is she still around? Um, you know what? I don't think she's active at this stage. 
So yep. uh, yeah, as far as photos go, unfortunately, it would be great if someone someone got some some bona fide pictures. So. And then actually testing the 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 trail itself with a with some kind of device. I mean, you'd have to go at twenty thousand, thirty thousand feet to do that, and that's it's very hard to fund that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think Fred, it's you know what goes up must come down, and people are testing their soil, their hair. Yeah. I've had my my water tested, my hair tested. Um, you know, my husband's, my dog, we're all rife in these metals. Um, I have many friends who have done this, and we're all finding the same footprint. And yeah. So it, it 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 you know aluminum is not found free form in nature. It's it's found in other And there's water being tested every all over the world. All it's, over. Uh, it's it's coming up uh, with all all of these high extremely high percentage concentrations that should not be there in nature. Absolutely. And then it's is it just a coincidence that the EPA stopped testing for aluminum in 2002? I think not. Really? Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, just one big cover-up. Gosh. Suzanne, we'd like to open it up for comments and questions on our call. Anybody out there, just star six your phone. Uh, I'd like to make a comment to, to Susan. Uh, this is Dee Dee Farrell, part of the uh, moderator for AU Network. And in the beginning, when the uh, chemtrails started, uh, I had some friends running a solar company up in, um, well, it was in BC, up in the mountains, and they had this special kind of tape. I mean, this is like way back. And they would put this tape on their windshields after a day of heavy spraying, and then they would strip it off at night and scrape the residue off of the razor blade. And gosh, they were testing for aluminum and barium and uh, strontium way, way back, you know, and so people have taken a long time to catch up with this issue. It's really disturbed me for so long. I've had to develop all kinds of techniques for coping with it in the sky because in the beginning I called every alphabet agency known to man, and I am encouraged on one level about how much awareness there is now finally after all these these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still stunned by the lack of awareness at the same time. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, too, just don't realize the gravity of what's going on. So they're spraying, and you know what? It's 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 too sunny anyway, so let's block the sun a little bit. And Well, you know, aren't they are they doing that maybe to, to seed the clouds? We're going to get some rain. If people haven't done the research, they don't read anymore, so they don't understand that this is, biological warfare this is um, mm-hmm. you know uh, eco-terrorism and it's disaster capitalism they're making money off this they're trading weather derivatives on the chicago mercantile exchange right um, yeah i mean the geophysical restructuring um, ports hurricane katrina hurricane sandy appear to be mm-hmm. man-made um, oh yeah Fukushima. so this is this is devastating this is I don't think there's there's not one more serious issue because this is such a layered onion and I said at the end of the day it's a, a mutagenic it's a transhumanist agenda and you know people are not dying now at this stage they're breaking down and they are expiring through this it's a trinary attack it's chemtrails they load us up with the chemtrails then um, they open us up with the GMOs and then they turn us on with the frequencies this nanotech loves frequency it will go to town on frequency and so we all have to be careful with that we should unplug wireless as often as we can we shouldn't even really use it 
um, and stay away from, from um, you know, uh, wireless devices. Smart meters, protect yourself, smart meter. There's paint you can use in your house to protect yourself. So, again, this is a, a psychosocial uh, uh, conditioning. This is a programming. We've been programmed to accept this as a norm, but this is a, a spiritual, uh, you know. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a total spiritual, physical, emotional, psychological warfare. And mm-hmm. we're, we're in a fight. We're in a big fight. Oh, gosh, it's huge. I was so grateful I that too. Oregon ban the smartphone, the smart meters. Go ahead. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. Hey, are you in touch with Chris Hinckley? I don't. Or do you even know of him? I don't think so, no. Well, uh, you want to talk about, about uh, Kurzweil and mm-hmm. all that stuff? I would say that Chris Hinckley is probably, he's probably the most intelligent man on the subject thus far. Mm-hmm. He's on he's got Road Warrior Radio mm-hmm. and he and he ha, he's on Republic Broadcasting Network dot org every weekday from like uh ten to noon central time. Wonderful. Well I will I would look him up and I would get in touch with him because he's got documentation incredible. Okay. So, yeah. well, just and a it, this is all important. This is all important for people to understand because yes. at the end yes. of the day, this is a, a carbon dictatorship and an Orwellian nightmare. You know. So. Yes. Yeah, and I think that if you if you'll contact Chris, uh, Chris is a really nice guy and he's extremely intelligent and well researched, and uh, I think you guys will have a good time comparing notes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Thanks. Okay. You probably know Carnicom, right? I do, and uh, well, I, I don't actually. To be honest, I know of him. Um, I work yeah. very, I've worked very closely with a fellow in um, Windsor, and uh, he his, his he's just so brilliant because he's devised something um, to to render the program inert. It's a, an anti nano mm-hmm. bucket, and I've been using yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. It's absolutely incredible. And so if you purchase a microscope, you can actually see what's coming out of you, and you can see these fibers um, mm-hmm. and perhaps save them at a, for a later date for a lawsuit. Because Yeah, you know, they're actually little devices, nano devices coming out of these lesions. It's pretty freaky. Wait, 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 wait. You can see what coming out of you? Uh, there are the more gallons. Is well, go ahead. I'll let you describe it to Fred. Um, sure. Well, it's a it's a combination. It's an agrobacterium and it's a, a nanobio construct. So it's a number of things. It's morphogenic and it can translocate to pretty much anywhere in your body. Settle there and then start defacing your immune system. So it can be worms. It can it can actually take on the the look of a worm. I've seen mm-hmm. lots of fibers, clumps of wires. They're different colors. Often mm-hmm. there's quantum dots attached to those, which are the metals, the heavy metals. Um, what mm-hmm. else? There's uh, origamis, which are circuit boards. And so these actually are, are again, self-replicating and, and growing tech. We're literally growing tech inside our body. Mm-hmm. You'll see hexagon crystals. Um, you know, you'll basically see it, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's when, you can't really believe it. After, you're looking at this bucket and you're thinking that that really came out of me. But it, it, what this bucket does is it creates a magnetic field, and with a particular solution you use, it, it, it takes the nano out. And then you can use a bath after that, um, and then it, it will even slough off more. I would um, 
highly recommend everybody go on Tony Pantelaresco's website. It's augmentinforce.com. Uh, say, say the whole thing slowly so we can write it down, please. Sure. Augmentinforce.com. Okay. And, and, um, Is that E-N-Force or I-N-Force? Yeah, and he's been... He, pardon me? Can you spell it out for us, please? Sure. A U G M E N T I N F O R C E dot com. And he has this product where it'll remove this it these, will. Uh, particles I, from you? It exactly. And I use it three to four times a week and it's incredible and my health is, is, is improving I have to say I'm, I'm noticing and it, it, you really do have to modify your, your grain intake which is tough because a lot of people it's their staple um, but rice and and uh, wheat, bread, I mean this actually is, is completely poisoned with this nano and it just as I said it feeds off it So and sugars as well so fruits you have to be careful with your fruits skin your fruits um, what I guess cherries are very, very bad for nano, um, you know, berries. The, the smaller fruits with the thin skins have been penetrated. Anything, I think, under, what did Tony say, 40 nanometers, this stuff is going to get in there and really um, really self-replicate. So the yeah, even when, it's, even when it's organic, it can't be stopped. It, nothing's organic anymore. That's a fallacy. Yeah. 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 Okay, I it? went to the augmentinforce.com and it relocated me to augmentinforce.50webs.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, and okay. he has so many different... Basically, he and he's teaching us to be responsible and how to be a kitchen alchemist as well, making making your own um, um, vitamin cocktails and and you know, saturated fats are extremely important right now because our myelin sheath is being destroyed by the electromagnetic waves. Um, because this is a completely different frequency now. Our Schumann residence has been 7.83 has been turned upside down. And basically, they want to own the waves as well. They want to own and corporatize and monetize, own our weather, own our just everything. And so this is they're, they're trying to control the the um, geofrequencies as well. So. That's uh that's another thing. So Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Where do you go Jeez. on the website to find this product you're referring to? The the nano bucket, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it's a huge sure. website. You, you know what? If if you can't find it, um I will I will find the link for you. He's got a lot of information on there. Um you know, so I'm I'm not quite sure where on the website it is, but So we're you looking for something called was- nano bucket. Anti Nano Bucket, yes. Anti-nano and he said his bucket. name was Tony something. Tony Pantelleresco. Pantelleresco. Yep. You want me to spell it? You can if you'd like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is it Italian or what? It's Mediterranean. Yeah, it's Mediterranean. Oh. Yeah. Um, so it's I think it's P A N T A L L E R E S and he does consultations as well. Um, he's been researching this for, for years. He's an herbalist, master herbalist, um, nutritionist, so he, he really knows his stuff. Um, I don't know anybody that, that has the information base and the research that this fellow does. 
got an interesting name. Mm-hmm. He's a great <laughs> man. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and he yeah, really rec- recommends that. as well copper and iodine. So even when you're eating now, I mean, everything kind of has been compromised. So, um, you know, mitigate it after you eat it too. Iodine after fish and, and garlic and onion on your meats. And, uh, you know, it's all about protecting um, our immune system, which, which is what they're trying to deface. So. I love carrots. Do they help? <laughs> carrots are great. They're a root vegetable, but skin them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep with the carrots, beets, um, celery, great uh, potato, apples are good. Um, you know, your citrus fruits are good. They've got a, a strong skin as well, so the nano is not going to penetrate like it would um, on yeah. berries, you know, apricots and cherries and, unfortunately, berries, which we love. They're they're bad. They're very bad. And if you look at these under a microscope, as I said, you can see the pictures on my website. You'll see the hijacking of our food supply. What about strawberries and watermelon? Strawberries, no. No watermelon. Um, I'm not sure about watermelon. Again, I I think the the uh, the regular cantaloupe would be very high in sugar, which would that would feed feed the nano. But I'm not sure about watermelon. Yeah, but thanks God, just like we've done for years with the produce. You know, there's rinses, all kinds of rinses you buy, just like you buy a bottle of soap or peroxide. You know, bottle of rinses to to wash your fruits and vegetables in. And so I'm going to check out this uh, Tony with the great last name and see what he's got there for that, because you could you could at least deter some of the toxic effects by washing. There's all kinds of different waters too. My friends are producing seventh dimensional water using a whole series of crystals and everything and it mm-hmm. tastes so pure and I think stuff like that is going to become much more popular <laughs> yeah and I think the fermented foods are really really important because our gut flora yep. is being destroyed the nano is destroying our gut flora so probiotics fermented foods so kefir yogurt cheese the sauerkraut with no with no vinegar yeah kabushka all that kind of thing i mean it's going to come to a point where there's going to be very few things for us to eat because i mean everything has been mutated it's 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 being destroyed and it doesn't matter if it's in a greenhouse it it doesn't you know the nano will penetrate that well i think just saving grace saving grace is the uh, expanding frequencies of collective consciousness as well yeah that'll Raise it up. Mm-hmm. You're saying if you grow something inside of a greenhouse, it goes all the way through the greenhouse to get to it. Yep. Yeah, there's no there's no running and no hiding from this, and it doesn't matter if you have the the best HEPA filter in your home. We're all ingesting and breathing this. Suzanne, where uh, is Hannah still alive today? This is the brave child who sparked your interest in this. Yeah, you know, I, I looked for Hannah, and she doesn't have a website anymore, so I couldn't mm. reach out to her. But, you know, I would love to meet her and shake her hand because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for her. So thank you, Hannah. I think we can go back to the Wayback Machine archive and look that website up. What was the name of that website again? It was called Blue Sky Jewelry. Blue Sky Jewelry. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She made she made jewelry and hair accessories. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. 
a lovely little child. Yeah, and you know what? As I say, it just really shows the power of a child, a testament. Um, you know, she really, really moved me. And when I found out, I just, I, I think like a lot of people, you kind of go into a mourning because you know that there's our planet there deliberately killing our planet. This is an anti-humanity agenda. Um, but it, I, I was so grateful at the same time because I feel like she awakened me so I can tell people, so I can help people, so I can help stop this in, in whatever way, whatever shape I can do. And it, exactly, it's raising our vibration. And love will stop this. They can't touch our hearts. Yeah, they can touch and manipulate our minds through the psychosocial control and the fluoride and everything else, but they can't touch our hearts. They, that's the one muscle they don't have. They don't have a heart, so how can they get yeah. to ours? So that I yeah, believe, they can't, they can't I believe that's how we'll it. win. And it's it's all it's reaching out in 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 love and creating awareness and in any way, shape, or form. You know, I always say people always say to me, "What can I do?" And I just say, "What are you good at? You know, what moves you? And whatever you feel comfortable with, go out and do it and just." Do it to the best of your ability. And it's not always comfortable at first. I know with me it wasn't comfortable because I, I was um, a bit of yeah. an introvert. But once you get... Running, running what? I was introvert. Wait a minute. That was that was, that was Al Jordan. He, should have, he was not muted. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so I was just going to say it, it's not always comfortable, but again, you be brave and get out there and it, it starts becoming very gratifying once you know you're making a difference because it's all about dropping seeds and uh, people are going to pick up those seeds and not everybody will, but and, but, but they might come back because some tend to, um, but you just keep doing your thing and, it, you know, we are moving the dial. I know we're moving the dial and it's it's about tenacity, and we're going to break down the wall. It's an eventuality. These types of, of oppressive, tyrannical systems are destined for failure because this isn't based on anything. It's based on a lie. They've given us pro- programming and principles which, with no substance, so it will fail, and I look forward to that day. I hope I'm alive when it will. Um, but until that time, I will keep doing this, um, you know, and, until it stops. And there's so many issues, you know, you you get out there and you start talking to this person about that and just like how my days are, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be taken or what I'm going to be saying, but, you know, if you talk to just one person, there's so many of these issues that they just put their hands over their ears. So I I think I'm like you, you know, you just go and you keep talking about it when it comes up and and you, you open the doors that are there to, you know, when the voices are heard, they're heard. And when they're not, you, you move on with your beautiful life. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know what I always find? I always find where their interest lies. If they're, if they're talking to me about the weather, that's a perfect segue. Okay, well, do you know why such and such? Do you know why our, our skies are so cloudy? Uh, do you know why our, 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 you know, there's not much sun anymore? Or they start talking about food. A lot of people are into the, the GMOs and they're very anti-GMO. And I do a lot of markets and, and shows and stuff like that. So that is a perfect opportunity to talk about the segue from Monsanto's abiotic drought-resistant seed to, okay, well, do you know why that is? Well, well they're trading uh, derivatives on the futures market and they're a disaster capitalist and they're heavily involved in geoengineering. So I always find that little place where I can get in and start talking about it in a way that's comfortable for the person. 
Phil. This is so deep and so dark. You have to take this, and I don't, most of us on this call are, are, are not to the level of knowledge of, of you, Suzanne, but at the same time we realize how, how dark the overarching scheme or, 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 or and it's such a dark vision to, to actually engineer this and to execute this on a daily basis in the just in the light of day. It's mm-hmm. right. Look up. We can see it. But uh, maybe the program that you're talking about that's alluding to this whole thing is preventing us from engaging uh, logically uh, the concern for thought, the concern for looking outside of ourselves and observing and connecting things. And that's, uh, you know, thinking logically, for example, and thinking of the implications of what we're witnessing. I mean, it's the whole 9-11 effect. You know, we all saw those buildings come down in a total unnatural way, and yet the lie just keeps getting spread and uh, spread, and then we go into these insane wars. So, uh, Well, I agree, and I think, again, it's the cognitive dissonance. And the whole thing is, is people don't want the responsibility of having to do something about it because when you go up to someone and you say, you know what, the government's poisoning us. They, again, it's automatically put their hands over the ears, and that means if it's true, well, you know what? I've got a family, and I'm a busy person. How am I going to handle this situation? So it's easier yeah. it's easier to deny that it's going on rather than take responsibility for it. But again, um, it's it, it, it's it's very short sighted to ignore this and uh, very grave. So I just hope that. Uh, that uh, more and more people uh, do get on board. I'm, I'm finding, uh, you know, my website. I have a Facebook group that I encourage people to join. It's very, very community, and it's, you know, close to 4,000 people, so that's growing. And that's another thing, too. I see the movement growing. My numbers aren't static, so the numbers are oh, increasing. Yeah, and, you know, one of our billboards made a mainstream newspaper um, a few months oh, ago. Oh, nice. The Philadelphia nice. Inquirer put it on their front page, and even though it wasn't, it was it was more of a conspiratorial type, you know, yeah. content. <laughs> it didn't matter. It's it still yeah. got out there, and that that's what we need. We need this issue tabled, and we need people to be brave. And you know, I think I think if it does implode, um, which you know it's coming, it will implode from the inside because you know. How long can our judges and our military and our media continue to lie and cover this up? Because, yeah. you know, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's happening to everybody. Nobody's a nerd to poisoning. Yeah, so, Suzanne, you, you know Patrick Roddy, right? I do. Yes, I do. He's a great yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he's an amazing guy. Yeah, yeah, and very, very uh, great researcher, great photographer, um, yeah. He went, yeah, he went to uh, conferences. So, yeah, I have a very high regard for Patrick. There's so many incredible people who are doing incredible things like you in, mm-hmm. in this movement. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I I hope Michael Murphy's okay. It looks like he is okay, but there are a lot of people trying to drag him down and destroy him for years, too. Well, it would be really, really nice to get his third movie out. So I really I hope to see that happen because of the content needs yeah. to get out there. Um, Agenda 21 needs to be discussed. That's a whole. That's another whole ball of wax. So th- again, that's it's so multi-layered. This onion is 
is almost beyond comprehension. And uh, again, you know, lots of lots of stuff on my website about Agenda 21 for anybody interested. And Rosa Corey, great book, um, Behind the Green Mask. Lots of great videos that she's done on the corporatization uh, and the eco-fascism under the guise of green. So. Under the guise of green. <laughs> Under the guise of green, yeah. <laughs> Everything's a lie, Fred. Every movement. Yeah. Suzanne. <laughs> I mean, even uh, what do you think of Dale uh, Dane Whittington, or you know, this guy that broke off with uh, Michael Murphy? Is he is he legit, or is he uh, control that position? You know, I I prefer not to comment on that one. Um, I don't okay. know. Yeah, I, I don't know Dane, but uh, I'll I'll leave that at you know for for people okay. to speculate on that. They can they okay. can people can make their own opinions. Um, okay. I myself, I just want to say, do not believe in the Earth is on fire uh, rhetoric that uh, you know anthropogenic global warming. We are the problem. We are not the problem. We didn't consent to any of this. And yeah. uh, you know, so that's that's my stance on the global warming issue. It's all manufactured. It's all man-made. Yep. Without question, Suzanne, we're gonna make it a wrap. Anybody, a one final anybody opportunity uh, comment or question for Suzanne? I, I'm I'm uh, uh, far from home, and I got to get back home, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on, Fred. It always happens. Thank you, Suzanne. We really appreciate you. you are an inspiration uh, when it comes to this topic, this subject. We hope we can have you back on I'd as more things bubble up and surface around around our world uh, okay. with this subject matter. Thanks Sounds again, wonderful. Suzanne. Thank you so much. All right. Stay in have touch. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank God you. Bless. Take care. Hey, God bless everyone. Hey, Dee Dee and Steve, I won't be able to make the call next week, but I'll have uh, some suggestions, okay? Okay, Fred. Yeah, we'll stay in touch on that. Yeah, I, I'm heading out to uh, to see to see my, my family out, out west in Montana. Oh, good. We're, we're, oh, we're, that's uh, great, Fred. So I, I won't, won't be able to make it Thursday, but uh, I'll be back the following week. Uh, it's been a busy, busy summer. Say a prayer for for our oldest son. He's trying to get a job in Chicago somewhere, guys. Still, oh, good for him. Still, still trying to going, going to the mountains, Fred. Yeah, I'm going to Montana, Jay. <laughs> you know what? You should really look up uh, uh, my friend out there, Eric. Well, you're going to have to text me. We're taking the long way. We're taking the cheap flight to Denver, and then we got to drive. So. <laughs> See, that's all I do is drive these days. <laughs> I guess so, Fred. Wow. Good for you. I'm glad you get to drive off to the west. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. How are you doing, Jay? You hanging in there? Okay. Good. Hanging in there. Thinking about going back to work here in a little while, three weeks or so. Will they let you on the road again, or what's the... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's what I'm trying to work towards. Well, that's great. But uh, how long are you going to be out there? Uh, just a, a week. You know, by the time we get out, and we leave Saturday, and, and uh, we'll be coming back the following Sunday. Uh, but uh, And we're, we're driving, you know, from Denver. So it's, it's about eight, ten hours, and we're seeing – we're going to be in Billings a little bit. and then uh, But the same, you know, same little place that you visited us in your rig <laughs> that day. 
Well, would hill. you uh, would you meet up with them? Go tubing down the river or something down the um down the Yellowstone? Yeah, I mean he's got ra- he's got a couple a raft, a couple rafts, and yeah. Well, just let, why don't you and I talk this week, uh, say tomorrow or Saturday, and I, I'll try to get some feelers out. Okay. Okay. I'll figure out what our schedule is, but yeah, there's got to be some time we can. I just have, I have my 88 year old mom, and you know I can't be leaving her alone. You know, yeah, but just kind of ditching on her. <laughs> to spend a week out there with somebody so cool, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you saw their whole their whole uh, layout and everything. It's, yeah. I saw it oh, yeah. many years been, many years ago. I've been in it a number of times. Yeah. Well, Fred, is your mom is your mom coming out to meet you, or yeah. you guys coming yeah, all mom, the way? Oh, mom, great. My, sister, my mom and my sisters are, are driving out uh, actually today. And uh, so they'll meet up with us. We're, we're having a little picnic with my cousins in Billings, and then we're going out out to to uh, to where you know Jay visited us at the cabin, yeah. uh, around living, which is around Livingston, basically. That's awesome. And then uh, and then Mary Beth is not going to be with us. She's going to fly in later later midweek, and I we're picking her up in Bozeman. And and Dee Dee, every time I drive by the crazy mountains, right where his land is, I text him a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, well, it's been an awesome call. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, guys, I'm signing out. I'm I'm getting on uh, I-55 here, going back home, Jay. Okay, Fred. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys. Take care, Dee Dee. Take care, Steve. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Hi, Fred. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night, guys. A-U-N, American Underground Network.